Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, and welcome back to another episode of Bridge Radio. This is episode number 58, and uh, as always, we're coming at you from the great state of Texas. Texas. And how's it going, Mr. Uh, A.W. Varilla? We're, uh, we're doing well. Um, I'm excited. Uh, we're uh, doing this podcast that we've been uh, uh, putting off a little bit. You know, we've been, we have. We've been uh, just missing each other, but super excited uh, to get our guest on today and uh, mm-hmm. um, do a little teaching today on discipleship within the church. So super yeah. excited to see where this is going. It's going to be good. It's going to be good, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the last podcast we did on discipleship was with uh, Dr. Harry Reader. Yeah. I rec- highly recommend for everybody to go listen to that podcast. It was kind of like a 30,000-foot view of discipleship, am yeah, I correct? that is right. And uh, you can catch that on episode number 41. And today we're going to really be tackling discipleship, but more uh, specifically in the context of the church. Uh, but before we, we introduce our guest for today, I just want to encourage you that if you're new to the program, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Android, Windows, Google Play, and we also have an app that you could go check out. It's on all the app stores, so just go type in Bridge Ministries. You'll see our logo with the coffee and good news at the bottom, and there you could find expository sermons. Uh, you could also check out our conference that we had, our apologetics conference we had in uh, uh, in May, I believe, yeah. and we had Matt Slick, Eli uh Alaya, Eric Hernandez, and uh, Steve Paulson. Good, good, good stuff on there, as well as Bridge Radio. But uh, I, I don't even introduce myself. I'm, yeah. I'm Julio Rodriguez, the host. Uh, you call me July, and across is uh, Mr. A.W. Varilla. Hey, guys. So um, as we begin today, today's episode, um, we are. I'm excited to have uh, our pastors. Yeah. From my pastor, um, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chris. Uh, so on today's episode, we have the privilege of having both the senior and the executive pastors of Logos Community Church in Harlingen, Texas. Uh, these guys are passionate about the gospel, disciple making. Um, I, I will tell you that um, they have had an impact mm-hmm. on my life on what discipleship should look uh, look, should like, look like. Yeah, you know, uh, within the church, it was a, something new that I have not experienced in my previous church, and it was like. My eyes were open. This is what church looks like. So um, I'm excited to introduce you guys, uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chris, um, Jeff Neal and Pastor Chris Elliott. Yeah, thank you you for coming on the program. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to be here. So um, how how did y'all get to know Mr. Mr. A.W. Varilla? What what do 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 y'all think about him? (laughs) I want to know. I want to know. We got a lot of dirt on on Abe. Uh, No, I met Abe when... uh, uh, a beautiful young lady that that had been in our church for a while um, said that she wanted me to get to know this guy and eventually um, married them. And so I had the pleasure of marrying Abe and his beautiful wife a couple of years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, he flew all the way to Chicago. Really? Yep. Yeah, he came up. He came up there and he married us. So that was that was really awesome to to have him up there and was able to share uh, the gospel, you know, at, mm-hmm. at our wedding, especially but with the mixed people. For, I honestly came for the deep dish pizza. <laughs> so for, for our listeners, uh, just because it could get a little bit confusing, this is the first time we've ever interviewed two guests. Who's Jeff and who's Chris? I, I know, but just so that way they can start recognizing some of the voices here. Yeah, I'm uh, Chris Elliott. Okay. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, born and raised in the great state of Kentucky. As fast as I could, we got to the great state of Texas. Amen. Everyone does. Spent most of my life, and uh, absolutely, uh, spent most of my life in Houston. And about 15 years ago, never even heard of the Rio Grande Valley, much less Harlingen. I had seen uh, Brownsville on the Weather Channel, on the map down there, <laughs> about as close to Mexico as you could get. But uh, felt the call of God on my life, and uh, spent the better part of a year looking for a church to uh, to go be a part of. Never really found. Uh, anything that meshed with kind of how uh, God uh, and wired me, and and uh, ended up coming to work for a uh, a military school, Marine mm-hmm. Military Academy here in Harlingen. Spent 13 years there, and uh, part of the uh, my time there uh, was introduced to Logos Community Church, and uh, our family had uh, been a part of it for about five years. 
and then felt the call of God to move from uh, Marine Military Academy over to Logos Community Church. And, hmm. and May of 2017, became the executive pastor, and uh, been there ever since. And uh, it's been a, a remarkable journey and adventure, just watching God do some incredible things uh, in our small little body and in our community. Yeah, amen. And thank you for your service as well. Yeah, so uh, Pastor, Pastor Jeff is the former Marine, and Pastor Chris was... Um, the chaplain over at the Marine. Academy. Oh, okay. So awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Jeff, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, raised in North Carolina, and uh, after um, graduating from college, Duke University, went into the Marine Corps as a Marine officer. And my last tour of duty in, in a six-year tour was uh, they sent me down to a little tiny town in South Texas, Harlingen, Texas, and so. Ended up meeting my wife, Jennifer, here. We were both here for two years, got married, left, eventually went back to North Carolina, uh, thinking really that that was, a, that was a great adventure, but probably never come back. And yet over the years, uh, God would just keep Harlingen and the Rio Grande Valley on my heart. Uh, ended up bringing several teams from my church in North Carolina down over the years, coming down on my own. My wife would catch me reading the paper online down here uh, in North Carolina. I said, why, why do you care about Harlingen? And hmm. I really couldn't answer it, just except to say that God was not done with me in Harlingen. Got um, called into ministry in about 2006. Worked at a, a relatively large church in North Carolina for several years. Uh, as a college pastor and uh, family ministry pastor. And was very... Um, uh, vocal that I was feeling called to church plant and that, hmm. that church affirmed that calling. And so in a great uh, move of faith for our family, we reached out to uh, some uh, pastors in, with an Acts 29 church in McAllen, Texas, and said, we're ready to sell it, we're ready to sell it all and, and pull up stakes and move to Harlingen. And we had a call in our life in Harlingen and, and they had just started a work in Harlingen, and so we met, and God drew our hearts together, and so we, well, I did the one thing that I had sworn I would never do. I, I had told God I would go anywhere in the world. Please don't make me ask my friends for money, but I had to hmm. had to be on support and raise support, and we, we came down in summer of 2013, and we have been here since, and we're all in. I have uh, my wife, Jennifer, and, and four kids that we love. And so we're in. We're here. Amen, amen. And this is another question that I would like to ask, because you, you two seem like y'all were drawn to the ministry. I mean, it was, is this something that y'all would have never thought, like years prior, that y'all would be pastors? Yeah, as a, as a matter of fact, uh, my father was a pastor growing up, so unless you know a pastor uh, well, uh, you don't know of all the stresses and frustrations and right. just all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And so when I got married, I had told my wife that... Uh, and I, I will do anything in the world. Uh, I mean, I will dig ditches, and I'll do it. You will never, ever, ever catch me in the ministry. Mm. And wow. uh, I just saw my dad go through some uh, some heartaches, some very right. trying, difficult times uh, in in the ministry. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of before my uh, before I was saved. And mm. so God, in His wonderful sense of humor, decided to, uh, to save me <laughs> and uh, call me into the ministry. So I've had to eat those words. <laughs> yeah, for me, I was. Interesting. We're talking about discipleship this this yeah. morning. I was um, saved in the Marine Corps uh, through uh, a Navigators Bible study. If you know anything about the Navigators, they're big on discipleship. And and for me, it was uh, some some men. It's a uh, it's a one time. It's a you know burst of lightning. For me, it was a gradual call. I was I was gradually just growing more involved. An elder in a church for ten fifteen years. Uh, then began to feel called to full-time ministry. Mm. The, the elders in that church affirmed that. Um, and so uh, for me, it's just been a gradual thing. And I'm certainly, I, I've got people in high school that would gasp um, and could could bury me. But uh, <laughs> then I also have a lot of people that say, well, it, you know, it does not surprise us. So. Well, that's good. That's good. So let, let's go ahead and dive in, into today's topic, which is discipleship again. And uh, I think it's it's good to kind of start off with a with a foundation. So, what is discipleship, and most importantly, who defines it? 
I'll, I'll start off this is Jeff I think that um, that's a, that is the great question because yeah. if you're around church culture you know that many conferences many books are being written now I think churches are figuring out something that perhaps we've missed and and so we're all trying to define it and so I think it can be a lot of things I think it can be and it is it's preaching I mean I hope that as I preach a, a sermon on Sunday, that there's discipleship. It's small groups. I would say it's this podcast, these podcasts that you you guys do. It's uh, seminary can be discipleship. It's one-on-one meeting. So in the grand scope, it, it, it contains all of those things, um, and it's done at all of those levels. I think today what we're talking about is, is discipleship more at a, a small level, a small group level, a one-on-one, a one-on-three? But I, I would like to think that discipleship is done at all of those levels. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would totally agree that there are just many different layers of discipleship that are available in the in the context of the local church. Mm-hmm. And I think discipleship is meeting somebody where they are and taking them to where Jesus wants them to be. And it's the the gospel permeating all areas of life. So uh, who I am as as an individual, so my gospel identity, I mean, it would cover, you know, gospel in the home, gospel in the church, gospel in the community. I mean, it just, it, it permeates every area of life. Yeah, that's great. In discipleship making, what has the church missed? As we get into a little bit more specific on, on on discipleship, what do you guys think that the church body has missed on discipleship? Well, I think as you as you ask the question, you know, what have they missed? I, I I wrote down a note. Why have churches missed it? And I was laughing when you your your uh, previous speaker, Dr. Harry Reader, gave uh, what I'm sure was a fantastic explanation of discipleship at thirty thousand feet. Well, hopefully, we're talking about is is discipleship at zero feet in the trenches and and when i say that it it, the reason churches miss it it's hard it's messy there's a cost which we can go into uh in in a bit there's just a cost to doing this it's easy to have a gathering it's not easy but i mean we can usually do that we can pull off a church service um we can do programs but it, it just takes a cost and a commitment um, so I think that's one one reason that churches miss it. I think the second one is a lot of church leaders were never really discipled themselves. And so, w- would you would you want to uh, expound a little bit on on those three three points a little? The cost, commitment, yeah, and, and so, discipleship. Um, yeah. So so a cost, uh, for example, one is one question would be for church leaders: Are you willing to staff for this? Are you willing to put money? Towards this, a small example is as Chris and I were talking about our community groups mm-hmm. a year or two ago, and we said, "Hey, this is a, a this is where we think a lot of discipleship goes to." Is that reflected in our budget, hmm. uh, or or are does the majority of our budget go to other things that are important? Right. Um, but but as in any instance, budget has to reflect values, and so. If discipleship is going to be a value, you have to staff for it. We begin just small things. We begin to give some, make money available to our community group leaders to, as they have people in their home, as they take people to lunch. Um, so, you, so there's a cost, and you have to decide if you're willing to pay it. There's a time cost. Are you willing to put the time to this? One of the things that Chris and I talk about a lot is. Um, when you say yes to certain things, you have to say no to some good things. And and so part of our job to guard discipleship in the church um, that we put such a high value on is saying no to people that have some good ideas sometimes on some great programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's a cost there. Um, are you willing to let other programs, other sacred cows die in the church to pursue this this focus of making disciples and and i wrote a note here i think a a reason that churches don't do this often it it's just easy not to Mm, right it's easy to do other stuff um and so i think those are just some of the reasons that it's it's there's a cost 
I think that there's a uh, a misunderstanding that uh, dispensing theological information is the same thing as life transformation. I think those are two completely different uh, things, and I think that uh, it's easy to settle. I mean, it is easy for me to just teach somebody theology. It is much more difficult for me to come up alongside and invest my life, right. invite this one or two or three people into my life, into my home, into my junk that mm-hmm. hey, I struggle with sin. Uh, just like they do, of creating an atmosphere where uh, repentance is celebrated Mm -hmm. and not shamed. I mean, those things are costly and and difficult. Uh, But um, I think we see it. You'd ask who defines it. Well, I think Jesus does. I think Scripture does. I mean, Jesus says, hey, come and see, come and follow, and, and go and do. And so that's what we challenge our guys to do from, uh, you know, a very upper level of discipleship, just show up on Sunday morning. Uh, not a lot of cost. You can just show up. I mean, that is a layer of discipleship, community mm-hmm. groups, and all the way down to, hey, just that one-on-one, life-on-life kind of discipleship Yeah, uh, where, hey, we're dealing with just the real-world issues of sin and, and again, taking people where they are mm-hmm. and, and walking with them uh, to, to where Jesus wants them to be. Right. And, and, and let's talk about it a little bit more. What is what does your uh, uh, discipleship uh, group look like? What are the expectations? Yeah, I mean, I, I first of all just pray, Lord, who would you have me to uh, to reach out to? I mean, I only have so much margin uh, in in my life, and so, uh, Lord, who would you have me to reach out to and invite into this kind of relationship? And so, I start with prayer. Uh, the Lord lays somebody or a group of men um, on my heart. I reach out to them and and. Uh, I want to paint this vision of, hey, this is this is where we're going, and this is the expectation. Um, and and so for me, it's a uh, the goal in this is not just that we're going to hang out and drink coffee and talk theology. Those things are great. The whole right. goal is that we're going to meet you where you are, and in a year, year and a half, two years, however long this process takes, uh, as we dig into each other, dig into God's word. Um, you know, the expectation is that you are going to be a disciple-making disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus modeled that to his disciples. Uh, Paul modeled that to uh, to Timothy. Uh, he tells Timothy, hey, what I've entrusted to you, go and, and entrust to faithful men. And so you just got the Paul and Timothy and those that Timothy would be investing in. And, and so I think it's modeled all throughout Scripture. And so for me, it's, hey, what I'm asking for, from you is that, hey, you set aside an hour, hour and a half each week for the next year, year and a half of your life. And uh, I'm going to walk with you. You're going to become a disciple who is growing and maturing mm-hmm. uh, in their relationship with Jesus. And again, the goal is that at the end of this, you would be a, a disciple who's growing and maturing. And the same way I've modeled it for you, you're now going to go and pray and invite a group of men or gr- uh, invite a group of individuals in. And you're going to do this exact same thing with them that I've done with you, right? Yeah, right. I, I think one of the things that Chris mentioned is is an area in which I've grown. I've been doing this, uh, you know, started with college students. I've been doing this probably ten or fifteen years. One of the things I've learned that he hit on was what I call DTR. You get, have to define the relationship, and so this is then. Hey, we're just going to study the Bible. We are going to study the Bible. But I, I, I spend time up front saying the Lord has put it on my heart to, to just see if you're interested in discipleship. I would like to disciple you. Mm. And so it kind of establishes this is this is a different thing. And also the, the end that I want to disciple you. I want to talk theology. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about money. Mm. But we're not done, as Chris said, until you are now prepared to go and make some disciples. And when you when you sit down with a piece of paper and you explain to men and you show them uh, the potential exponentially if, if each of us is just two men a year, two or three men a year, and you, you show them what that looks like five, ten years down the road as we have just this mass uh, of men in a city that talk about theology the same way, mm-hmm. that talk about marriage the same way. Um, it 
men get excited when you when you can and, and women when you lay that vision out that, that right. that's where we're headed with discipleship right right and you you talked about leadership that that point to where they're now ready to go disciple somebody else how would that look like because um you know i, I know in some cases there are uh, in churches, some people uh, who are discipling who are obviously not ready yet. They're very young Christians. They're maybe not mature enough. Uh, where would you where would you set that? Or I, more specifically, how does that look like for somebody being ready to disciple somebody else? Well, I think part of that uh, is just uh, a, a an excitement, a readiness that the Holy Spirit naturally brings into the life of somebody who is following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I, I invite people to come. Again, we just don't want to sit around and drink coffee and, and even just talk discipleship. I mean, I want to model for these guys. So I invite these guys into my home. I want you to watch how I treat my wife, how I raise my kids, things I, you know, how I lead in the home. Mm-hmm. I, I, I model that. I want them to see that. Same thing out in the community. When, when we're asking our church to be more missional-minded, uh, uh, in, in all the spheres that the Lord has them, I want to model that for them. And what you see is you see an excitement when somebody sees that, man, the kingdom of God is far greater than just the church pew, that uh, it, it extends to everywhere the Holy Spirit is resident. And uh, for me, I've just seen that God just naturally creates uh, an excitement in the life where, I mean, it. it I've seen it in, uh, you know, in, in some of my groups where a guy will just get excited and maybe it's just been two or three months but he's so excited you know it's like buying a new car mm-hmm. i'm so excited about this new i can't help but want to go share it with others and so he's excited because he's seeing the lord at work in his life and he's coming to know and experience jesus as never before mm-hmm. and he didn't have all the answers but just that natural excitement spills over and so he goes to his neighbor and leads him to the lord and begins to disciple him and all he's doing is replicating what i've been doing in his life and mm-hmm. I think part of it's just organic and natural. What's been kind of exciting is I know some of the guys that Chris is discipling and to be with them and watch them and to hear them say things that I know Chris says and to hear them, (laughs) someone says something theologically and to hear them correct. And I know that that they got that theology directly from Chris and and he's doing exactly what Paul said, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm, Right. And and we and we see that when um, when the apostles right um, uh, are, are are talking in the New Testament and the Pharisees and it was Peter right and they're and they're saying this Peter's talking and they're like oh this guy's been with Jesus right mm-hmm. they, yeah. because of discipleship Absolutely. you start sounding the same <laughs> yeah you know um, uh, and that's that, that's pretty awesome now um, as we were uh, we we're talking about these things about discipleship um, what what are the, I guess the um, downside, uh, the challenges, the uh, maybe sometimes the disappointments yeah. of, of, of discipleship? Yeah, the trenches. The trenches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, yeah, there have been several lessons that the Lord continues to bring back my way. I guess the biggest challenge that um, that I'm still learning. Um, I think there are two two big challenges that I see. One is having a long range view of people. And that is something that uh, my pastor Jeff has uh, meant. The Lord has used pastor Jeff to, to really grow me and mature me in that area. Uh, just having a long range view. And I think the second one is, um, and it's okay. Not, not everybody's ready for that kind of level of commitment. And, and, and I struggle and it's easier for me to get frustrated when I find that I want it more than they do, mm. that I know the answers to, to the, the problems and challenges that they're facing in life, they're just not in a place in life for whatever reason where they really, really want that kind of life-on-life, one-on-one, iron-sharpening-iron kind of relationship. Hmm. And, and I have to be okay with that. Right. Mm. Still love them, still shepherd them, still care for them well, but just understand that, man, it's not for everybody at at all at one time and and uh, just trusting in the lord uh continue to stay engaged uh, i've i've been uh called the hounds of heaven more than once by some guys that uh, man non-responsive but hey i'm still coming i still love you i still care for you i want to shepherd you and your family well even during this time where 
and you're just not really interested in in diving into and digging into relationship with Jesus. Huh. Yeah, I think the uh, Chris is just dead on. You're going to have guys that will, you know, just stop coming. You're going to have guys that, in the midst of your discipleship, maybe go cheat on their wife or just fall into some grave sin. And and man, uh, we may have to enact church discipline, but always making. I always say this with church discipline: there's always got to be clear path of reconciliation back. Yeah. There, the gospel has to uh, just be front and center. Men and women who are caught in sin and who fail us in this discipleship process, um, they've always got to know that there's a way back and what it is. And and you know we stand there with arms wide open, and so you can't can't take failures personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is, is and Chris alluded to this, and I've, I've just watched him do this very well, and I've tried to do it as well um, also, is you just got to be real. I mean, yeah. um, we're not inviting people to a disciple, just to a, a Bible study. What, and there's a, there's a change, and it's neat to see in a group of men when you begin to disciple them early on, and you're talking about issues, and a sin comes up, and a guy chimes in and says, yeah, well, I think when that happens, this is what we mean. And he's talking kind of in a generic sense and kind of in a third party. Mm-hmm. There's a change it wins when a man says, and he, there's a trust built, and he, he moves to say, okay, this is when, when I struggle with that sin or when I sin in this way. And that, that only happens um, because first the leader goes first. You know, we make very clear, and you can understand from a from a pastoral standpoint, it can be kind of scary. Hey, guys, you guys are going to hear some junk that um, would would not be good probably if the whole church found out. And right, uh, can I trust you that way? And you guys can trust me. And there's just this ironclad rule that hey, what stay what's set at the table stays at the table. But we're really not going to be any good to each other if we're not authentic and real. And sharing real struggles and real temptations and and praying through those things. So for churches who who might not emphasize that much on discipleship or do, but maybe in a in an insufficient way, um, how can they right the ship with discipleship? Well, I think uh, Jeff kind of mentioned it earlier. Just get started. Mm-hmm. Pick one guy. Uh, get started. There's a lot of really good discipleship material that's available out there. A lot of it for free. I think churches see the need. Churches, for whatever reason, uh, just aren't willing to pay the price. I mean, it is costly. It's very time-consuming. But just get started. Uh, We have decided, hey, these are some essential elements that we want to see in all of our disciples who are one day going to be disciple-makers. And we want something that's reproducible. So we've kind of put together our own discipleship guide where we're covering all the essentials. Uh, but, hey, that, that works for our context. It may not work for San Francisco, or it may not work for Lubbock, Texas, or, uh, but there's still really good material. That, uh, to me, the important thing, hey, just get started. And right. I don't think that this is just a work for uh, pastors and elders. Uh, yeah. This is really a call. Matthew 28 is a call to everybody. Every disciple of Jesus should be a disciple-making disciple. Mm. It should be modeled by the church uh, leadership, but it's something that should be done by everybody. Right. Yeah, there, there absolutely is so much good stuff out there. One of the guys that we we like to uh, talk about, a guy named Mike Breen, just has these great quotes on discipleship. One of his is that if you make disciples, you always get the church. But if you try to build the church, you will rarely get disciples. Now, it, it's possibly a little easier for us. So we're still, I mean, we're coming up on six years so we're kind of uh, you know we're still considered a little bit of a church plant it's easy because chris and i get convicted about something and then that's the direction that we take the church in so i i sympathize with a pastor maybe who's in a church that's more established um but i think if if this pastor if this elder board can really understand the value of discipleship um, I would encourage a pastor. Maybe he starts with his leaders. You know, he, he commits to 2019. He's going to disciple his leaders. And many of them have been Christians for decades. Uh, many, though, have perhaps never been through a process. Hmm. Start there. Um, 
this is more than just a new thing to add, though, in 2019. Discipleship addresses no volunteers in the church. It, it addresses a lack of giving, a lack of service. It, it addresses marriages on the rocks. I mean, you really have to look at discipleship as addressing all of the areas of the church. I want to go back a little bit um, just on, on as a discipler, right? Uh, you, you touched on it a little bit, Jeff um, and, and Chris. Um, as you see some of these men just f- like are failing, you know, you're, you kind of get a little frustrated that you don't see them where you want them to see them. Um, for uh, our listeners out there who are discipling right now and might feel discouraged when they're their group is not going as well as they would like it to be. Yeah. Um, obviously, there is a sanctification process that is in place for you know new believers, and and how would you encourage them to overcome uh, the disappointment? Uh, we mentioned a little bit, but if we can get maybe just a little bit more detailed on that, yeah. um, because uh, sure. let's be let, let's be honest, like you know you're meeting with these men for let's say a year, and they're just not getting it, and you're just like, man, like. Well, why do I keep discipling these guys? Like, why don't you get it? You know, like, come on. Um, and, sure, well, well, and, and sometimes we want to just give up. Yeah. So the first thing Chris alluded to is there's there. It's just knowing your people. I mean, some, some, some men, it may take four or five years and some, mm. some they're ready to go in six months. And so it's just knowing your sheep and, and being patient with people. Um, you know, Matt Chandler said at a conference I was at one time, we, we want, as leaders, we want to spend all our time with the 99. Um, but maybe the majority of ministry is, is spent with the, the sheep that does wander, that does uh, bite, that does not show up uh, on the weekly meeting. I have a rule, you know, kind of an unofficial rule. If, if a man doesn't show up, you know, three, four weeks in a row and just begins to fade, Chris said he's got to want it as as much as as we want it, and so don't get discouraged. Sometimes your desire to to take a man through discipleship, he's just not ready. He's not there. And then I'm never I'm never uh, I don't take it personally. It's just hey man, this seems not to be working right now. You're really busy, and I'd love in the future, but but you you will need to you know reach out to me. The door's always open. Um, I think you just you can't take it personal, and I think the second thing is, Chris. Chris talked about at the beginning praying. I, I when I when I'm ever starting a new group, I'm really praying, and and the Lord is bringing men to mind who I am determining, I am sensing are hungry. Um, and so often as I approach the subject of discipleship, they're chomping at the bit. And so part of it is just knowing like who's ready and then who's really not there yet. Mm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll mention it because it's something that man, I, I continue to struggle with um, on occasion that uh, it is really easy for me to get offended and get frustrated when when uh, Chris Elliott is the, the savior in this relationship. Uh, <laughs> so it's just having a misappropriated focus that I'm not leading these guys to Chris, I'm leading these guys to Jesus. And so when I get frustrated, normally it's an issue of maybe it's ministry idolatry, maybe it's just mm-hmm. the, the idol of pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I always want to check my own heart before I address some things going on in somebody else's uh, life. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, unless I've done something wrong, it really is is an issue between their relationship with Jesus and not necessarily their relationship with Chris Elliott. But it's easy to kind of blur those lines and take offense that hey, he he is rejecting me as opposed to uh, anything else. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's hey, I always want to check my heart. What's really going on? Why do I really feel this way uh, before I act on it? Good stuff. So, how how do you want your church members to look like after being uh, with you all for several years? That's an easy one, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Uh, that's a great question, and, and yeah. it's one that I think is, is you asked uh, how should a should a pastor should a leadership team start. I think this is where you start, 
And so we, for instance, we're going through a, a series right now in our church, and we try to do this about annually. Of just uh, This time we're calling it a vision series, but a, a series of sermons to say, what do we want our people to look like five, ten years down the road? When, when people in town that are not a part of us talk of us, um, are there some common things? So uh, for us, for instance, that we are people of the Word, that we're gospel-centered, um, that we're united. There, there's several other ones, but I think a, a church should start there. Like, what type of theology do we want our people to understand? Mm-hmm. Um, what do we want our people to think about marriage? How how do we want our fathers in this church to act in the home? How do we want the mothers and the wives to act? How, um, and so when you begin to think, hey, if, if someone sits in our church, sits in our teaching, they are discipled, Here's what we would hope that they would look like in five years, ten years. Well, then that's that's that drives how you disciple them. And and when that takes effect as what the church looked like, what does that do for furthering uh, the gospel uh, within the church uh, as a united front? When we're getting this discipleship right, we're we're doing all these things. What do you think it? It looks like, you know, I know that we're, you know, our church is is a young church, you know, but, you know, we have a, a just a strong discipleship program in place. And and the amazing thing that God is doing within our church is really exciting. And 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 what do you think um, as as a church is being discipled as as a body? Right. Uh, um what do you think that does to the church as it continues to grow? I would hope it, man, it defines and, and inspires mission in the church. Um, I was telling Chris, I, I was reminded by one of our brothers of a, an article that I had read several years ago that what we are inviting people to at Logos Community Church is um, to be a part of a battleship, not a cruise ship. And so we're not we're not inviting people to come and consume and at the all-you-can-eat buffet, but we, we're certainly inviting them to a, a good <laughs> meal, but we're inviting them to, to be trained up to man some battle stations and so that when the hard times come, and, and look, they live in hard times. Our people live uh, in the times that you and I do, and so they have struggles and marriage issues and uh, school shootings. Um, mm. <clears throat> it, so in battle times, battleships, go to sea and cruise ships go to port Mm. and so if we instill and chris and i are going through a book right now that's just reminding us this is where we need to spend our effort if we instill that as we invite people to the church we are inviting them to join we're not we're not creating mission the church of jesus has mission and it's to make disciples of all nations yeah and so we're inviting you to be a part of that and so as part of this process uh, why, why don't you let us spend some time in discipleship with you so that you can then be trained to go man your battle station and you get to be a part of this great mission of God. And so hopefully, man, we're, we haven't nailed it, but hopefully uh, we are creating a people, a group of disciples that they understand, man, I've got a place on the road. Um, if nothing else, if I don't do anything else, I am equipped and I am called to make other followers of Jesus Christ. And if you can, you know, you have to cast that vision and then you have to, and one of the things Chris is working on for us is, is create some pipelines. And so people know how to get in. Um, but if we can do those things, um, there's no excuse. Everybody can take one man or one woman over a couple of years and just teach them what they know. Yeah, no, amen. I whenever um, w- discipleship did so much for me in the church that I am at now. Um, prior to that, um, th- there was no discipleship, and uh, and it was dis- I had discipleship during one of the hardest times in my life. And one of the things that I remember in this exact passage here, Matthew twenty eight, that I read at the very beginning of the podcast, um, every Christian has a a mission. It's the the Great Commission, and you know we're we're all called here to proclaim the gospel, to disciple others, and uh, I just encourage 
everybody who's listening to this podcast, one, to get plugged into a Bible-based church who, is, who emphasizes on discipleship and be discipled. Um, my cousin, who just got saved recently, yeah. um, amazing testimony. I would like for him to come on the program or maybe share his testimony a little bit. But the first time, you know, he told me, hey, I got saved. He said, well, what do I do now? You know, I want to learn. I go get into a Bible-based church. And, you know, by God's grace, he found one that is extremely um, emphasizes on discipleship. Uh, in the beginning, in the beginning, uh, every Sunday they have a, a Bible study and Bible studies throughout the weekend. And uh, his pastor has taken him under his wing, and that's how it looks like. And uh, I know Logos Community Churches is, is doing that as as well because I could see it in Abe. <laughs> he gets better every day. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's such a great story, and it's such a, a an important picture. As we, I mean, we rejoice when we baptize, and we. Uh, you know, we're in there, man. We have some some incredible stories. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, recently, a former Satan worshiper mm-hmm. that's now wow. baptized and worshiping Jesus and telling others to worship Jesus. But but my my pastoral heart, as a man or woman, comes up out of that baptismal, often with tears flowing, um, uh, tears of joy. Uh, there is a great opportunity. Or a uh, what could be a travesty if if some man or woman doesn't come up pretty quickly and say, "Oh, that this is so awesome! Have you ever been discipled?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think I think that's where churches, uh, great churches, have missed it maybe over years is um, that that just like the story you just told is what now, and, right. and we've not had some structure and some vision into answering, well, here's what now. We're going to now teach you how to follow Jesus. Yeah, huh? that, and that happened to me in my church oh. in, in, in Chicago. Um, you know, the the, the, the Lord uh, drew himself to me, and I was sitting in a church, and uh, the tragedy was that um, their way of discipleship was come to come to church on Sunday, come to church on Sunday night, and come to church on Wednesday. And just sit at church, mm. and um, I know for a fact that there were several guys who um, had just got saved, um, and they were just craving discipleship, mm. and me questioning, um, man, what's going on here? Like, I don't see that guy anymore, and he's asking questions, and and I'm asking questions too, and mm. and, and and nobody giving me um, that time. Um, as 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 a, a new believer, milk in the word, mm-hmm. um, for somebody to you know take me under the wings and and, and teach me. It was just yeah. it was always just come to church and, and that's it. Right. And and, and I felt it, it, that was really uh, uh, discouraging to me. And then um you know uh, God, I met my wife, and then God brought us down here from Chicago down to Texas, and then I I meet you guys and 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 I'm like okay. <laughs> discipleship this is what the bible looks like yeah this is what this is the gospel this is what jesus is talking about mm-hmm. and uh and it was these two men who opened my eyes to to this but it, it's very it, it is a travesty when a church does not disciple right for whatever reason mm-hmm. yeah and, and and even going back to my my cousin um i remember getting the phone call that night and it's just very interesting i'm pretty sure all of us could testify to something like this but my, my cousin at that point i didn't know he was saved but i saw the phone ringing i was like why is he calling <laughs> and i was like ah yeah i wasn't feeling too well and i was like i called him back the other day and something pulled me to just pick up the phone i picked up the phone wow. and he said hey omar that's my my middle name so family calls me omar he's like yeah omar um i just have some questions man like i, I you know i've seen you've changed over the years and I feel like God's calling me, and and so he starts wanting to know. I think it was like some eschatology stuff, yeah. like. And I said, no, 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 let's focus on the gospel. And I remember taking him to Romans three, preaching him the gospel, and uh, then he, had, you know, he told me, yeah, it was probably that conversation, which, which is the moment that I got saved. And it's just so interesting that now after that, he calls me like randomly throughout the day. Hey, I got a question on this on the Bible, and this, like he cannot get enough and get this guy's. He is now um, going to go to Bible college. What? Really? Yeah, he is. That is he is awesome. going to Bible college, that. and and he's uh, 
he's just he's just thirsty and hungry, man. And and I guess that's just my encouragement to listeners who, uh, you know, just like Pastor uh, Jeff and Chris said, you know, don't don't rely on your pastors. You know, if someone comes to you. Uh, disciple them in, in in the most way that you can. He lives in Houston. I live in you know in here in Laredo. That's a four hour difference. Mm-hmm. But I'm still hey dude. We could you know, let's set up a Bible study here through the Book of Galatians that we're about to go through, and uh, let's just work through that. And then he's going to his church and getting discipled. Um, mm-hmm. um, when someone asks you, can you disciple me? Take it. That's our command. Is uh, that's our command by Christ Amen. as Christians, yeah. and uh, take every opportunity because this is somebody who was, uh, he'll tell you who was in sin, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I never thought I was going to go to Bible college in my <laughs> life. He's a welder. He's an excellent welder. He's, uh, you know, he's he's really well known on YouTube. He's, he's just up in Atlanta in a welding conference, and and uh, he's like, dude, I just, you know, there's things in the Bible that I grew up, you grew up in a Christian household, heard the gospel, and everything was just in one year, out the other, yeah. and now, you know, he's, he's being discipled, so... Um, any, any any thoughts, Jeff, Jeff, and Chris, before we line this this plane in the podcast? Sorry. <laughs> no, I would just uh, meant to follow up on that tremendous story of of your cousin. Um, I, I don't think there is a quicker way to to squash uh, that hunger and thirst uh, for God, uh, especially in in the life of a new believer, than just to tell them to. They just show up on Wednesday, show up on Sunday, go to a small group Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, just completely miss the call. I mean, I think that is the call of the church, ultimately, is yeah. to uh, de- develop and deploy leaders who are capable of being disciple-making disciples of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I'm a preacher. I love to preach. Um, i preached, you know, often in North Carolina, but... 10, 12 years ago, uh, no one calls and says, I remember this great sermon you, you gave, but I, I still have young men as they're getting married, as they're having their first children, um, they will reach out and they will they'll mention things said at a Chick-fil-A in North Carolina seven, eight years ago, and being in my home and watching how I disciplined one of my children, yeah. um, something that I taught them, and so... I just try to sell men and women. Um, you know, you might have a man that's 40 and says, hey, what, what would the Lord call me to do? And I would say, can you imagine if the Lord gives you 40 more years, if you would take two men a year and disciple them? Can you imagine that the the family trees that would change the, um, the exponential um, possibilities in discipleship? If you just gave your life to that and... Uh, so I just try to paint that vision for men and women, men and women, whenever I can. Yeah, and that's another thing that you bring up that it is so true. Is you know when you decide to take a take a man and under your wing, or even even a a woman. Not that men should be discipling women. That's that's uh, the, the job of the women's leadership. But you do in fact change generational sin in a, in, a, in, a, in a household structure. I mean, yeah, in, a, in a, a, the government of a household. And that's super important because then you have other Christians being discipled in that, and, you know, the chain con, uh, continues. But, no, that's that's a super important yeah. aspect of it yeah, uh, when you family, think about it. Yeah, As yeah. a family goes, the community goes, your city goes, your yeah. state goes, your country goes, the world, yeah. yeah. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, anyway, guys, so we're, we're already coming up here on the program, uh, the, the top of the hour. But uh, as always, at the end uh, of, of these uh, podcasts, we like for our guests to share the gospel. So would one of you uh, want to share the gospel? Maybe both of you. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll start at least. Uh, so I just preached on it again uh, a couple of weeks ago that we are gospel-centered. And so the passage I used was was First uh, Corinthians 15, and Paul says that, he brings them back. He wants to remind the church. And so this is the gospel. He delivers it, and he says that it's of first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And so implicit in that in the gospel, if you're listening to us and you're wondering, is that um, you might be a nice person, but you're you're a sinner. And, and everyone uh, in uh, in every place, uh, has fallen short of the glory of God, and what that means is that you uh, you are not able to be reconciled in yourself um, 
to your heavenly father. But in his love, in his grace, he's made a way. Uh, and that way was through the life and the death of his son, Jesus. And so you have the, you have the ability now by the gospel to call out uh, in your great need to admit that you have sinned, you have offended God, and to call out and, and to ask him to forgive you and to save you. Uh, and he is faithful. The, the Bible says those that call in the name of the Lord will not be put to shame and that you can stand one day in the judgment and you can stand with confidence. You will not stand on your own life, but you will stand on the life and death of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Jeff and Chris. Where can our listeners find you, especially if you're in the Harlingen area? The real Granny Valley. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're uh, so they can go to LoganhouseCommunity.com. Um, we're, we're right now, uh, we're in a building on, on South 77 Sunshine Strip. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you Google, or, or you'll, find, you'll find us. Uh, we're, we're pretty easy to find. And, and we have services at 9 and 11, and we would love to to just invite people into getting to know Christ and and being a follower of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I need I need to go make a visit up there, man. I need to go with Abe one, yeah. one Saturday and go 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 drive up there with Abe and go visit you guys. I want to do a podcast again with you guys, maybe live in studio. Uh, you guys, love you to. guys are great. We, we, yeah, we love to. We love. We need to come your way as well. All right. Well, let's let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's it for this podcast. Um, thank you for listening again. Share with your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your cats and dogs. Yeah. Share, <laughs> share with everybody. Um, uh, if you want to uh, give to us and support us, uh, we would highly uh, appreciate that. Please uh, prayerfully consider that. Uh, you could visit www.bridgebookstexas.org. You could click our about slash giving page. You can find more about us through our website. And also, uh, just to help our ministry, uh, again, we're talking about discipleship. And let me tell you, here at Bridge, we are dedicated (laughs) and committed to discipling Christians through the resources resources that we have, uh, weekly Bible studies, uh, even this podcast. And so, uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, just please uh, share and come visit us. So, we're here in Laredo, Texas. But as always, what is your only life? uh, What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Later.